this morning miracles signs and wonders in this place the house was packed this morning uh, how many of you thank God for revival tonight Woo! again I want to say what a privilege it is to have all of our guests that are here in the house of the Lord with us tonight amen so good to have pastor and first lady Warren with us all the way from Gainesville Texas would you help me put your hands together Give them a warm Rock Church welcome tonight. Listen, I don't know what you came expecting, but there's miracles in the building tonight. There's breakthrough in the building tonight. Are you ready for what God has in this house? Then one more time, would you lift your hands and lift your voice and shout unto God with a voice of triumph in this place. Come on, somebody that God made a way out of nowhere. You ought to praise him right now. Come on, magnify him, exalt him. Worship his holy name. Hallelujah. Come on, you ought to clap louder than that. You ought to shout louder than that. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen, amen. The Holy Ghost is in this house tonight. And I just believe that somebody's gonna leave here tonight with a miracle. And you're gonna leave here walking in victory, walking in dominion, power of the Holy Ghost. I just believe that by the end of tonight that the devil's gonna be where he belongs and that's under our feet. How many believe that? How many gonna help me put him there? Well, that's all right for some of y'all to save, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. But somebody that's been through hell and high water ought to say, I'm going to be a part of the number that's going to put the devil where he belongs. Hey. Lord, have mercy. First Kings chapter 17. I'm going to tell you this tonight on the onset of what we're going to preach. This is not something new. As a matter of fact, God gave me this when I was about uh, the first time I ever preached it, I believe I was 15 years old. And uh, Bishop Williams, when God gave me this, he told me to preach this everywhere that I go. And so I want to be obedient to the voice of the Lord. Here a couple weeks ago, I was going to try to preach it in the Holy Ghost went a different direction. Uh, but tonight, I feel like that this is the right moment, the right time. Give honor tonight to wonderful ministry. This great assembly, I love and appreciate Bishop First Lady Williams so much. Ma'am, I, I, I want to say this, and I, this is one of those things that, you know, um, you could just say nonchalantly, but I really do mean this. I've traveled enough, uh, and I've been in enough churches where uh, the pastor was gone, and when the pastor is gone, it's absolutely like trying to walk through wet cement and you can always tell the mark of true leadership by how the church responds when the man of God is gone 
And Bishop, I just want you to know that you have an amazing church that follows the word of God and the, and the worship even when you're not here. And that is due to such great leadership of this wonderful family. Now, again, this is something the Lord gave me a long time ago. And um, if we're just honest, the Charismatics stole it from us. And they made it a part of what they believe. And so because they made it a part of what they believe, there's a lot of apostolic people that are scared to preach this kind of stuff. But we're not scared tonight, are we? I'm going to attempt to take back what the devil stole from us. Now, 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but, everyone say but, according to my word. He didn't say God said. Oh, I done lost half of you right there. He didn't say the preacher came and told me to tell you this. But Brother Williams, he said, there's not going to be do no rain, but according to my word. I want to preach to this congregation tonight under the fear of the Lord and under the unction of the Holy Ghost. I declare, and I just feel like there's going to be some declarations that go out from this house tonight that God's going to put a prophetic utterance in your mouth and you're going to speak some things that are going to come to pass. If you believe it, why don't you lift your hands right now and let's pray together. God, we love you. We thank you. We worship you. Give you glory, honor, praise, and thanksgiving. There's nobody like him. Jesus, you're all that we have and you're all that we need. I'm asking you, Lord, tonight to have your way in this house. Let the anointing of the Holy Ghost destroy every yoke. Let the power of God move in this place in a mighty way. God, let your train fill this temple. Let your anointing destroy every hope. God, let your power come in here and shake us, God, until every demon that's been trying to attach itself to us has been shaken off. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And the church said amen and give the Lord a shout of praise as you clap your hands unto the Lord one more time. Yay! You may be seated in the fear of the Lord. I'm going to jump around through the life of Elijah tonight, but I promise you it'll make sense when we get close to the end. Elijah, the Tishbite, a prophet of God, uh, he was a man that was ordained by God for this exact day, this exact moment, and this exact time. God has anointed him as he so well capably says in the book of Esther, for such a time as this. Elijah is one of the most preached about and respected prophets in, in Judaism even into this day. Uh, during each Passover, a special glass of wine is placed upon uh, the table and it is that ceremony that the door is open hoping that the spirit of Elijah will come in and will drink. It is prayers that are saying at this time that Elijah will come back and redeem the Jewish people uh, and for and and bring the Messiah with him uh, if you will it is indeed the spirit of uh, the forerunner of Christ it, it's it's John the Baptist he comes in the spirit of Elijah and God raised Elijah up 
at a very critical time for the worshipers of Jehovah because of Baal worship. Now, I, I want you to catch this tonight. I, I don't want you to lose this because if you lose this, you're going to lose everything. So I want you to understand that it is Elijah that is seen on the top of Mount Transfiguration with Moses and Jesus. Understand that Moses was representing the law and Jesus was er, and Elijah was representing the prophets. And of course, Jesus was the embodiment of the word of God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. One of the very few men that did not die, but rather was just taken up into the heaven uh, and escaped the pain of death. Elijah is known for all of this because of his stand against false god worship and false teachings. Can I just park right here for just a moment in 2023 and tell you that right now, this year, this moment, God is looking for people that are willing to get a backbone and stand up against the face of the enemy that is coming against the church, that is coming against truth, that is coming against the one God doctrine, Jesus name baptism. I, I'm just here to tell you today what the apostle said. If there is anybody that comes to you and preaches any other doctrine than what you have received, let them be accursed. And what we need is somebody that's not afraid to stand up and just tell them what you're a wolf in sheep's clothing. You're a false prophet. You're, 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 not, you're not doing the will of God, but I am not afraid to stand up and declare that what you're preaching is false because there's only one God and his name is Jesus. I don't care if they fly under the banner of Christianity. If they're not baptizing in Jesus' name, my Bible says that they're accursed. I don't care if they fly under the banner of holiness. If they're not following peace with all men. If they're not walking in truth and godliness and righteousness and the fruits of the Spirit, the Bible says, my Bible says that they're a false prophet. And I'm just here to tell you tonight, I'm not afraid to stand up and be like a liar and declare that we only worship the one true living God. Thank you for all 17 of you that are with me. The rest of you, maybe you'll catch up later. But I would just want you to know, God's calling you to be the backbone of the church. God's calling you to stand up. Don't wait on your preacher to stand up. Don't wait on your mom and daddy to stand up. Don't wait on your spouse to stand up. You stand up and be counted. You stand up and declare the word of the Lord. You stand up and declare, I am apostolic and I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Hallelujah. Now, I, I, I want to break this down and, and, and please forgive me for slowing down for just a moment, but there is, there is this spiritual stronghold that Elijah is sent to dissect and to tear apart. Now, uh, this is where we have to study to show ourselves approved as he is sent to the Canaanite or to the Israelites during the time that Canaanite mythology was uh, taking precedent in the world. Now, Canaanite mythology divided the world into three groups. Everyone say that with me, three groups. You have the heavens which were ruled by a god by the name of El, E-L. He was at one point in time, his name was Dagon and he got a promotion. I don't know how if you're a God, you get a promotion, but that's what they believe. Again, there's no truth to this, but this is, this is the element that 
Elijah was sent to to destroy. They they believed that the heavens was ruled by the God by the name of El. And then they believed on top of that that, uh, that the earth was ruled by Baal. He was the God of rain. He was the God of fertility. And it was his job to make sure that everything in the earth grew. And then they believed that there was this God and, and he was in the center of the earth. So you had the heavens, you had the earth and what we would call hell. Uh, he was, it was ruled by a God by the name of Mott. And he was, uh, some would say, the God of death. He was the God that once he took your soul, there was no coming back. And so the purpose and the plan of God for this man, this prophet Elijah, was to be set down in this moment to tear apart this mythology so that truth could be preached and truth could reign. And so he begins in our text tonight, he begins, this is the first time that we read of Elijah, Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead. A man of God, a prophet of Israel, comes and he says to Ahab, Behold, before the Lord, there is not going to be any dew nor rain, but according to my word. Now, I want you to understand that this moment, this moment that he declares that there will be no dew or no rain is the very moment that he takes dominion and authority over Baal. This was a declaration of the power of God versus the power of the God of this earth in their world and what they believed. He said, according to my word, and he was simply saying, Ahab, I know that Israel is backslid. I'm know that Israel has walked away from God but according to my word and by these signs Israel is coming home this was again a very direct opposition against their belief and I, again I want you to notice that he did not say God told me to tell you he did not say the preacher told me to tell you but he said according to my word there's a lot of people that are waiting on a word from God to come against your adversary but can I I preach to you tonight uh, that you can't just sit around and wait on a word from God to come across the pulpit uh, before you get an attitude with the devil and let the devil know he's not going to own what belongs to you. But Elijah is standing in the middle of a backslidden Israel and he says, Ahab, I'm not waiting on God to tell me. uh, I'm not waiting on another prophet to tell me, uh, but I'm declaring to you by this sign uh, that Israel is coming home. Uh, I'm declaring to you by this sign I'm not waiting on a committee to tell me uh, that we're going to have revival. I'm declaring uh, that we're going to have revival. I'm telling somebody in the house tonight, uh, you need to stop waiting on the preacher to tell you your family's going to be saved. uh, And you need to start speaking uh, that your family... Oh, help me, Jesus, again. Israel's backslid. Can I preach to a mama right now that your babies are out in the world and you've been waiting on a word from God to come across the pulpit? Baby, here's your word. Open up your mouth and declare my children are coming home. My children are being delivered from drugs. My children are... Don't be afraid. Well, that's charismatic, baby. Like I said a few moments ago, they got it from us. God said, I want you to open up your mouth and I want you to declare the words of the Lord. 
I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm sick and tired of us coming to church and sitting with our mouths quiet and sitting in our pew just waiting on something to happen. You know what you need to do? You need to make it happen. Revival doesn't just happen. Make it happen. Speak it until it happens. Shout it until it happens. Dance about it until it happens. Walk through the street until it happens. Don't wait on somebody else, but open up your mouth and declare, we will have revival. We will have a breakthrough. We will see our children sing. Now, there, there, there's a whole conversation in this. And this conversation is, is you can't speak it and then not have the faith to back it up. Oh, help me, Lord. I'm going to preach a little while tonight. I hope y'all got time. Maybe you packed a lunch. I don't know. You might need it by the time we get done tonight. But, but you, you can't speak it and not have faith to obtain it. Now, I, I, I know, I know we've, we've messed the word of God up. We've made it fit what we wanted to say. We've, we, we've learned how to twist it a little bit and make it, make it what we need it to be. But, and we start saying stuff like, all you need is just a little bit of faith. All you need is some faith the size of a mustard seed. You know that's not in your Bible. Not in there. Not in one place. Matthew chapter 17 and verse 20. He said, if you have faith as of the grain of mustard seed. He didn't say if you have faith the size of a mustard seed. And so we took that and we perverted it and we learned how to say and give an excuse that this is, this is my little mustard seed faith. And so all I need is just a little bit of faith. But let me tell you, let me take you to McNary County, Tennessee for a moment uh, and out to the side of my mama's house where when I was a little boy, she taught me how to do some garden work. She taught me, Brother Judah, that when you're doing gardening work that you could plant a tomato next to a habanero pepper and then you could take that tomato the next year and you could dry the seeds out and you can plant that tomato and the tomato will take on characteristics of the habanero pepper. It's called cross-germination. So you can do that with all kinds of different plants and you can, you can go and you can do it with banana peppers and jalapenos and so on and so forth. But I, I started learning when I was a young man that you can, you, so you don't need to plant some things next to each other. But when I, I started learning, Bishop, that you can plant mustard anywhere you want to because mustard lacks the capability of cross-germination. Mustard seed will not mix with a habanero pepper. Mustard seed will not mix with a tomato. And so what Jesus was saying uh, is I don't want you to have small faith. I want you to have unmixable faith. Somebody in this house tonight uh, needs to get some unmixable faith uh, and have the kind of faith like a mustard seed uh, that says when the enemy comes in uh, and says I'm going to destroy you, uh, I can't hear you uh, because I got unmixable faith. Uh, when the devil says I'm going to take your kids, uh, I can't hear you because I got unmixable faith. Uh, when your friends say uh, you lost your mind, uh, you're going to go bankrupt, uh, you can look at them and say, I can't hear you. 
because I got unmixable faith. My faith doesn't look with man's eyes. My faith don't hear with man's ears. But my faith is mustard seed faith. It's pure and it's unmixable. It's not going to mix with doubt. It's not going to mix with fear. It's not going to mix with unbelief. It's not going to mix with bitterness. It's not going to mix with anger. My faith is unmixable. Oh, God's going to save my children, but you know, it's really bad right now. You need to stop talking like that. God's going to change my finances, but you know, I ain't really got a lot of money. Stop saying that. I believe God's going to deliver me from depression, but today I just don't, you know what you need to do? You need to get up in the morning and open up your blinds and get a hold of some unmixable faith and say, I will not let what my situation looks like keep me from speaking to the mountain and the mountain being moved. I will not let my situation con- You need to stop praising uh, like you got mustard seed faith. Uh, You need to stop praising like you got that little faith uh, and get a hold of a big praise uh, cause you got a big God uh, that can do big. Now unto him uh, that is able uh, to do exceeding uh, abundantly uh, above all uh, that you can ask or think. You know what the devil sees? When he sees little faith, he sees opportunity to stop a miracle. You know what the devil sees? When he sees little faith, he sees a place that he can get a foothold and make you backslide and stop coming to church. Let me tell you something. If you don't remember anything else I say tonight, remember this, you got a big God, so you need big faith. Let let, let me just put it like this. In the worst economy that we've had in 50 years, I just believe God is going to make a way to purchase the building and build another one. I feel like having the Holy Ghost come apart right now. I'm just telling you, you know what you need to start praying? Uh, God used me to pay for the building. Uh, God used me to write a check for the ACs. Uh, Look, I understand the Bible says uh, that the prosperity of the wicked is laid up for the righteous, uh, but God don't have to use a wicked person to pay for the building. Uh, God, uh, God can use you. Uh, He can give you a... You need to get a hold of some big faith and say, whatever God's doing, he's going to use me to do it. Whatever he's doing, he's going to use my hands. He's going to use my feet. Somebody needs to get a revelation and shout, I got mustard seed faith. I got unmixable faith. Devil, you better move because I'm throwing my little faith out the door and I'm getting a hold of some big faith. God then speaks to 
Elijah and says, go to the brook that is called Cherith. For behold, I have, a com I have commanded a raven to feed thee there. Lord, I don't have time to preach this. But this word there is very important because it's a matter of being in the will of God. There is not another brook in Israel that Elijah could have went to and got fed. See, that's the problem with some of us. There keeps on moving. Oh, you, you're supposed to be here today and there tomorrow and there next week and, there, and you ain't learned how to get to the brook and stay there until you get a word from God. Because watch this, watch this. Brother Williams, the Bible says that he got there and the raven fed him and the brook dried up. Then God spoke. See, we think that God's supposed to start talking before we run out of water. But God waited till Elijah ran out of water until he said, arise and get thee to Zarephath. Well, you know what the problem is? Is we have let all of our surrounding issues determine where there is. I'm preaching better than you're responding right now, but it's all right. I've preached in dead churches before. You can't scare me. We, we, we let the, the water and the raven determine where there is rather than the voice of God determining where there is. When God says there, he means go there and stay there and don't move until I tell you to go elsewhere. Get up. And, but, and the Bible says he runs out of water. He gets up. God speaks to him. Go to Zarephath. For behold, I have commanded a little widow and she's going to feed you there see there does move but in God's timing not in yours and you can't stay in that, that that's the truth of the matter is, is you can't stay in one dimension God is a multi-dimensional God and if all you ever do is come and stay in the same level and you'll never experience the greater and the more of the blessing that God has for you until you learn how to live for God by the brook with no water. He gets up, he goes to Zarephath. And the you know the story, but I'm gonna give you the short version. He, he finds this woman and she's gathering sticks and he asks for a drink of water because he ain't had none. He's thirsty. It's a famine in the land. It's a drought. Y'all don't know nothing about droughts in Florida. Rain every day. But he's, he's thirsty. He says, bring me some water. And she goes to do that. Now this, this is interesting to me. He, in this conversation that she has with him, Brother Williams, he, he says, look, go, go make me a cake. And she says, you know what, preacher? Um, there's a problem with that. You see, I'm, I'm out here gathering sticks and I'm gonna make a cake for me and my son and then we're gonna die. Is that the book? That's pre-obedience. Pre-obedience, me and my son are gonna eat and we're gonna die. Just, just trust me, honey, make me a cake first. So he goes, and she, she goes and she makes him a cake and she comes back and then the Bible says that a miracle happens. Watch this, you with me? Her and her whole household post-obedience. 
in the beginning, her and her son was going to eat and die. But after she was obedient to the word of God, her whole, whole household did eat. Say, what are you getting at? I believe that the men's servant and the women's servant began to eat too. I believe even the donkey in the stable got to eat on that day because she was obedient to the voice of man of God. She said, before I was obedient, I had the kind of miracle that was just from me and one other person. But by the time I got obedient to the voice of God, it wasn't just me and my son, but it was everybody in my... I come to preach to somebody tonight uh, that you feel like because you're in the famine uh, that you're about to run out. Can I tell you, just keep on doing what God told you to do because God's not just going to bless you and you and your son. Uh, God's going to bless your whole house. Uh, but I'm about to throw this mic across this place. I feel like preaching tonight. I just want you to know there's a blessing in here tonight that is so big that you and your son can't eat it all by yourself. But you're going to have to have a sleepover to have some other people to come and partake of the blessing with you. I got to hurry. I got to hurry. Lord, I got to hurry. Culver's going to be closed by the time I get done preaching. He goes, finds this woman. Story continues that this boy dies. And when he dies, this woman finds Elijah. And Elijah takes him and puts him in the loft. And when she puts him in the loft, or when he puts her, him in the loft, he begins to pray. He prayed one time and nothing happened. See, we got the benefit of, of living for God from the point of view that we can just go read the story and we know the end, but Elijah didn't know the end. He was living in it. He prayed the first time and nothing happened. And I wonder, I ain't even gonna try to pronounce your last name. I just call you Brother John because I love you. Don't Y'all don't do what I do to John pronounce his name. But Brother John, I can see him just kind of throwing his hands up and saying, now here it is. I'm a man of God. I just told the, the water from heaven to dry up and it dried up and I prayed and nothing happened. Ooh, I'm in somebody's corn patch now. So he prayed again. And guess what happened? Nothing. See, you thought you was by yourself. You thought she was living this in your, oh no, 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 honey. You're not the first person that's ever prayed and not got the answer. You're not the first person that's ever been dealing with dead situations. And although you prayed and although you fasted and you cried all night long, still nothing happened. But Elijah had enough faith to say, if God can feed me with a raven, then God can raise up this boy. If God can shut the windows of heaven, I might have prayed once and nothing happened. I might have prayed twice and nothing happened. But the third time's charm baby pray again pray again I come to tell somebody on a Sunday night pray again pray again pray again pray again and if it don't happen pray again and if it don't happen pray again and if because sooner or later you're gonna pray and there's gonna be a rushing mighty wind that's gonna fill the house it's gonna turn your death situation around 
Elijah was dealing with dead stuff. Just like somebody here tonight dealing with situations that are impossible. They're dead, twice dead, and plucked up by the roots. But I've come to tell you tonight that you need to get a word for God in your mouth. You might be dead right now, but you're going to live. You shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. It might look impossible, but it's going to work out. It might seem like it's not going to happen, but in Jesus' name, it's... See, you ain't no me to prophesy it to you. Baby, stand up and prophesy it to yourself. You ain't no bishop to call you in the office and tell you everything's going to be all right. Baby, look yourself in the mirror and prophesy to yourself and declare that it's going to work. It's going to turn around. I don't care how dead it is. I don't care how much your backslidden husband said he's not coming to church. I don't, I, I don't know. I feel this in the Holy Ghost. I don't care how many times he says, baby, you might as well stop praying. I'm not going back. and I'm not going back to the altar. Devil is a lie. He don't even know it, but he's on his way right now. I'm not just saying that. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, somebody that's been praying for a spouse that's not in church, you better get ready. Open up your mouth and start declaring it because God's pulling him in right now. I was raised with her. I told y'all about my mama a little bit. My mama, she's a woman of faith. God brought her out of the nominal church, filled her with the Holy Ghost in her living room. She went to the Pentecostal church because God spoke to her and said, I want you to go there because they're gonna tell you how to be baptized. She'll tell me all the time, baby, man didn't give this to me. God gave me the revelation of who he is. She began to pray and I know y'all too cool to do that nowadays, but back when my mamma was first getting in church, Bishop, if your spouse wasn't in church, there was just this rule that they said, you just scoot over and save them a seat. Mamma said, God, I'm gonna save, my, my grandpa's name was Henry. She said, I'm gonna save Henry a seat, but I'm not just gonna save him a seat every Sunday morning. She'd get up and she'd iron his clothes. You come in and sit down in, in my papa's seat before he got in church and mama would tap you on the shoulder and say, you can't sit there, that's Henry's seat. She got to praying, nothing happened. A year goes by, five years go by, seven years have went by, still ironing clothes still scooting over to save him a seat. See, some of y'all would have lost your miracle because you'd have gave up after about the first six months. Eight, nine years have went by. Year 10's here. And her pastor was teaching about the power that's in the name of Jesus. And so one day, she was, it was on a Saturday, 
she was standing on the front porch and she could hear my grandpa hollering. I'll just tell you something about country boys. You can mess with just about anything but their wife, their truck, and their dog. Some yellow jackets came out of the ground, started stinging my grandpa's dog, his bird dog. He started hollering, Lib! That's what everybody calls my memo. So Lib, get a fly swatter, get some gas, get something. We gotta get these, these yellow jackets off my dog. And Memo, just believe what the preacher been saying. It said that there was power in the name of Jesus. So she said, well, I told the Lord either it works or it don't. Stepped out on the porch and said, in Jesus' name, I command them bees to go back in the ground. Would you believe that because there's power in the name of Jesus, my grandpa stood in shock and in awe as every one of them bees went back in the ground. The next morning, she was late for church. She walked in through the back door and looked at the, my grandpa had never even been in the building, looked at the place that she'd been scooting over and saving Henry a seat. And lo and behold, she was about to go walk up and tap him on the shoulder and say, you can't sit there. She said, I got about halfway up the aisle and I started noticing that's the shirt I ironed this morning. That's the khaki pants I ironed this morning. You can't tell me if you won't open up your mouth and walk in faith that God won't work a miracle. Well, I, they, they said they're not coming. Baby, just scoot over and save them a seat. They, they, they said it ain't gonna happen. Just scoot over and save them a little bit of room. It's impossible. I, Elijah would tell you, it don't matter if it's been dead for three days or a month. If you'll open up your mouth and speak it, God will do it. You about to speak your way to a miracle. You about to speak your way into revival. You about to speak your way into blessing. I know, I know. I can feel that right now. I'm bumping up against that. Well, that, that, I, I, I keep feeling it, but I'm just going to tell you, this ain't my first time to go down this road, and I ain't scared even a little bit. It's not charismatic. It's apostolic. Life and death are in the power of your tongue. If you keep speaking negativity, you're going to keep receiving negativity. But if you'll open up your mouth and speak blessing, speak favor, speak revival, speak breakthrough, speak dominion, you are what you speak. Do I have time? Do I have time? All right. Don't, 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 don't be lying in church. Elijah, we skip to chapter 18. And Elijah now has a mandate from God. Go to the prophets of Baal and Dagon. 
and declare that the God that answers by fire, let him be God. Now, there's a lot to this, but I don't have time to get into all of it, but just let me tell you, there's something interesting that happens here because he's about to do a sacrifice unto the Lord, which we're still in the Old Testament, is to exclusively be done by the priest. Am I in the book? Matter of fact, people got in trouble in the Bible for sacrificing when they didn't have no business sacrificing. And in order to be capable to sacrifice, you had to be a Levite. Well, our Bible tonight in our text opens with these words, Elijah the Tishbite, not the Levite. So he goes, and he's getting ready to do sacrifice. And I wonder if he even knew how to do it right. Because there was procedures to this that you had to abide by. But Elijah had never done this before. But can I tell you tonight, when you let your faith go to the point that where God has to take God has to take some kind of action. He'll take you out of the shoes of a prophet and put you in the shoes of a priest. You'll open up your mouth. You'll, oh my God, I feel like preaching this. Elijah, as a prophet, had only heard the voice of God, but had never been behind the veil and seen the cloud fall. But Elijah, because you opened up your mouth and stood for what was right, I'm taking you out of the shoes of a prophet and I'm putting you into the shoes of a priest and you're going behind the veil. As a prophet, you heard my voice, but as a priest, you're gonna see my power. Elijah, I, now, now listen, I want you to go home and study this so you'll find out I'm not, I'm not bending the word of God. But when they begin to pray to Baal, it's with an understanding. Remember a few moments ago how we talked about the earth and Canaanite mythology was divided up into three sections? Every one of those gods had to answer to El, the father god, which again, at one time, was, his name was Dagon. So Elijah understands that his job is to tear this apart. And so he comes to Baal. Baal's job, go, go, go study it. You'll find out I'm telling you the truth. Baal had, did not have the capability of sending down fire. That's why if you read your Bible, you'll find out that the prophets of Dagon were there as well. You want to know why? Because El, the father God, it went like this. They prayed to Baal that Baal would pray to El. That sounds kind of like another religion that, that's kind of popular in Florida, that you pray to this to pray to that, to pray to this to pray. I, listen, I'm this old school, I know, but I'm glad when I say Jesus, I don't have to pray to a disciple to pray to Jesus. I don't have to pray to Mary to pray to Jesus. I, I, I don't have to pray to the Apostle Paul to pray to Jesus. I just say Jesus and at the mention of his name, every Every knee's gotta bow, every tongue confess, every sickness must bow. When I say Jesus. My, my, my. So they're praying to Baal. That Baal would pray to El. They're praying that Baal would go send word to his daddy. <laughs> Who's your daddy now, devil? 
praying the bell. They cut themselves. They bled on the altar. And Elijah started making fun. Maybe he's sleeping. Maybe he's in Hawaii with a coconut laid up on the beach. Maybe he's in an airplane and his phone's on airplane mode. The time of the evening sacrifice comes. And Elijah says, get the water. Cover the sacrifice. I don't have time to preach all this. God help me. I want to chase every one of these rabbits. I don't have time. Lord, I don't have time. But then he just starts praying, Lord, this is it. It wasn't some big conundrum. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't high church. It was just, Lord, would you hear me? And would you answer so that these people know that you're the God that answers by fire? It is here that it, he begins to take dominion and authority yet again over another dimension. Now, again, I want you to follow me. I know we've kind of jumped around, but this is where it all starts making sense. Elijah takes dominion and authority over the first area. Remember the area of the Canaanite mythology. They believed it was divided into three places, Baal over the earth, El over the heavens, and Mot over the depth, over hell. He takes dominion over Baal, not in chapter 18, verse 37, but in chapter 17, verse 1. Say, well, why? No, 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 that's not adding up. No, you're not listening to me. He took dominion when he said it's not going to rain and it didn't rain. Enough said. We don't have to get to the Mount Carmel for God to answer by fire for him to prove that he's already God over Baal because the prophet said it's not going to rain and that's Baal's job and it didn't rain. He takes dominion over Baal in his area of lordship when he, when he says there's not going to be any do no rain. Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 17. I believe it's chapter uh, 17, verses 17, 17 through about verse 43. The Bible says here, he raises the, the widow woman's son up from death. That's him taking dominion over Mott and his area of lordship. Y'all still with me tonight? We still preaching. Yeah. <laughs> the Holy Ghost. He said that he takes dominion over that area of lordship. And then in 1 Kings chapter 18, he takes dimension over the God of their heavens when he calls down fire from heaven. Because remember, they have to pray to Baal, to pray to El, that he would send down the fire. It just so happens that this is the purpose that Elijah was seen with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. Because if Elijah made some declarations, it only makes sense that Jesus makes declarations. He does and when he gets into the earth, the Bible says before he ascended, he worked miracles in the earth. He opened the blinded eyes. He unstopped the deaf ears. He, he cleansed the leper. He raised the dead. It's there that he takes dominion over the earth. Then the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, it says he that ascended first descended into the lower parts of the earth. That's why we say in 1 Corinthians, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory because before he ascended he descended when he descended he took the keys to death hell and the grave it's in that moment like Elijah he works in the earth he works in the underworld and then he God, and then he ascends into the heavens and he is now sitting on the throne and alive forevermore 
ain't done. But if Elijah made and Elijah is a type and a shadow of Jesus. If he made declarations, it only makes sense that Jesus makes declaration. Jesus made declarations like, Verily, verily, I say unto you, these things that I do, God, I feel like, shall ye do, and See, see, I lost you right there because you're talking about Jesus and you're talking about the guy that opened blinded eyes and unstopped deaf ears and, and laid hands on the on the sick and they recovered. You're talking about you're talking about God made flesh and he said I was gonna do greater. Let me tell you something, honey. There's one miracle that Jesus never worked in his earthly ministry. He never laid hands on anybody and they received the gift of the Holy Ghost, evidence speaking in other tongues. So when he said these things that I do, shall ye do and greater, he was preaching to him, oh my God uh, to a church in 2023 uh, and saying you can open up blinded eyes uh, and that's a promise uh, and you can unstop deaf ears uh, you can lay hands on the sick uh, and they shall recover but you're going to do something that's greater uh, on a Sunday night uh, in Fort Myers Florida somebody uh, is going to lay hands uh, on somebody that is that is empty uh, that is void uh, and they shall receive Receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The last declaration that Jesus made, according to the book of John, the last word that he would speak would be, it is. Y'all help me preach. It is. It is telos in the Greek. The word telos means quite simply to bring to an end. But you see, in Jesus' day, there were false gods. In Jesus' day, there was mythologies, false doctrines, idol worshipers. So Jesus is living in, the, in a moment where Elijah is living under the Canaanite, under their reign. Jesus is living, living under the Romans' reign. And the Romans, under Caesar, had this really cool thing that they did. I think it's cool, pretty cool to me. And they started it before Jesus was ever born. When they started coming to power for the sloths. Come help me. That's a nice suit. We ain't gonna mess it up, but lay down on that floor. On your back. It don't matter like this. This is what the Romans did. The Romans, when they were taking over all of the empire of Rome, they would fight the men out of the field. And then they would take the women and children and bring them all together. They would take the the, the, the general of the army that they had defeated. And they would put their foot on his chest. I ain't gonna sweat on you. I'm sweating bad, but it's all right. And while they were looking that king in the eye, they would take a sword and they would cut his head off. And the shout would come out from the congregation of the Romans. Tenos! It is finished. 
but to a Roman. <laughs> and it seems interesting to me that there's a Roman centurion that's standing at the foot of Jesus that day. That that day, he is just the crucifixion. How many times has he drove the nails? How many times has he beat the back? And it's never changed him. But when he heard it come out of Jesus' mouth, it is finished. To the Roman, it was literally translated as, I win. He was looking at hell in the eye while he was hanging on the cross. And the Bible says that hell was having a ball because they finally got him. But with his last words, he made a declaration. It's not over. I win. The Bible says when he speaks these words, he gives up the ghost. And all of a sudden, the earth began to shake. You see, Roman mythology believed that any time that there was an earthquake, there was a god by the name of Poseidon. And every time that Poseidon won a battle, that there would be a great earthquake. You go study it. There would be a great earthquake in the earth. And as Jesus speaks those Roman words, and the earth begins to shake, that Roman centurion turns and he looks around and he recognizes the shaking of the earth. He recognizes that a battle's just been won and he says that man is who he he is who he says he is. With one word Jesus turned a man that had been living an idol worship around with one word the Jews wouldn't hear him while he stood in the synagogue they wouldn't listen as he taught from the scripture of Isaiah but with one word a Roman centurion recognized that was a declaration and it's being backed up by the earthquake I just feel like telling somebody tonight I feel a shaking in the earth I'm closing, maybe. Musicians, y'all come, but don't get too comfortable up here because I might send you back down and preach another hour and a half. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm fat and out of shape. I can't breathe. I was in Louisiana. I served there for a number of years in Louisiana. One midweek Bible study, Brother Williams, I was teaching, I was not preaching, but I was teaching on the power in your tongue. How we can speak curses against our brethren and against our sisters when, when we say things we shouldn't say. And somewhere in that Bible study, the Holy Ghost walked in that place like it had not been in there previously. And all of a sudden, that, preach, that teaching turned to preaching. And preaching, whether you realize it or not, every time somebody gets in this pulpit to preach, they're prophesying. Preaching turned to prophesying. And I 
I don't know if you've ever had one of those moments, but it was one of those moments, Brother Collins, where I was out of my mind while I was ministering. The Holy Ghost was speaking through me, and I was hearing it as it was coming out of my mouth, but it wasn't going through my head. By that time, Holy Ghost was moving, and I told our church, I said, I'm just going to speak this right now. I'm going to preach this Jesus name, one God gospel in this city, in the Baptist church, in the Presbyterian church, in the Catholic church, in the Methodist church. And they looked at me like some of y'all are looking at me right now. You done lost your mind, preacher. Have to understand the area that we lived in was 147% Catholic. People ain't been to church their whole life, but they Catholic. They don't even know who Mary is, but they're Catholic. Because their mama was Catholic. And their grandpa and grandma and great-grandpa and great-grandma was Catholic. And so I, I, I told them, I said, I'm just telling you, we're going, this one God Jesus name message is going to be preached. We went on about a year, forgot about it. One day my, my phone rings. Says Brother Phillips. I said, yes. I said, this is Reverend Rousseau with the Abbeville Association of Ministers. I didn't even know they had one. He said, uh, we're putting together a Thanksgiving service the Sunday for Thanksgiving. And we're gonna, we, we were asking if your praise team would come down and sing on that night and worship with us. And I told him, yeah, man, we, we'd be glad to. We, you know, we're gonna come down there and worship with y'all and everybody's gonna do it together. He said, all right. I said, well, man, I, I got some stuff I need to do. He said, oh, 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 by the way. He said, uh, the way we pick the preacher is put all the names <laughs> of the preacher in a hat. He said, now, I, I just want you to understand something. He said, now, I, I know this is a big deal. He said, because y'all Pentecostal people are a little bit different than everybody else. He said, and he said, I, I just want you to know that, that this is a multi-denominal service. I said, oh, really? He said, yeah, there's going to be Baptists and Catholics and Methodists and Presbyterians. And he said, and, and, and the way that we pick the preacher is, is whoever's name comes out the hat. I give you two guesses and the first one don't count. He said, it just so happens that your name came out the hat. He said, so would you be willing to preach for us? I said, would I? And I, I I'll be honest with you, my, my Dalton Thomas side came out and I started thinking, there's gotta be a catch. He said, the only thing, I said, oh, here it is. Here's the catch. He said, we want you, listen how God will just set it up for you. He said, we want you to stay within the confines of our theme. I said, well, what's the theme? He said, our theme this year is what our city really needs. 
I walked into Pleasant Green Baptist Church on a Sunday night, there was, oh my God, there was about 700 people there, Baptists, Catholics, Presbyterians, and Methodists. They said, we want you to come and preach about what our city really needs. Bishop, I opened up my Bible to Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one place and one place with one accord. And suddenly came from heaven a sound like as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled and it appeared unto them clothing tongues like as a fire and it set upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues I went to preaching I went to preaching like I'm preaching I told our church I said we're going down there and while I'm preaching, if y'all ain't shouting, I'm preaching hell, fire, and brimstone for the next year. Ain't nobody getting saved. They went to shouting and dancing when we started talking about how Pentecost, another experience with Pentecost, uh, will change the drugs uh, on our city. Uh, another experience with Pentecost uh, will pull the alcoholics out of the bar. Uh, another dose of Pentecost uh, will put our marriages back together again. And I, I, I started watching. I started watching on the very back door. By the very back door, a deacon was sitting back there. He was sitting in a metal folding chair. And Bishop, I started watching and his legs started bouncing. I'd preach a little harder and his leg bounced a little harder. I'd preach a little harder and it wasn't long he stood up and that leg got to going. It wasn't long he started making his way down to the front while I was preaching. He got to the front and nobody laid hands on him. Nothing. But he began to speak with other tongues right there in the little Baptist church as a spirit did. 17 people got the Holy Ghost that night. If you speak it, God will bring it to pass. If you speak it. I got done preaching. The host pastor was the pastor of that local Baptist church told the church there that night, he said, I don't normally do this, but I'm gonna ask this man publicly if he will come preach my New Year's service. I told him, bet, I'll be there. Sunday morning rolls around. I walk into Pleasant Green Baptist Church. He said, preacher, just preach what you feel. I said, I'm going to open my Bible to Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. 13 people got the Holy Ghost. It gets better. 
pastor got in the pulpit, had tears in his eyes. He said, preacher, I just want to thank you for not being afraid to preach the word of God. He said, I, I want to tell this church something. He said, about five years ago, Jesus, God revealed to me Jesus' name baptism. And he said, from this moment forward, he said, we no longer baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit. But from now on, we baptize in. They kicked him out of the Baptist organization of the Southern Baptist because he took down Matthew 28, 19 off the wall. And when you walk in and look behind the Baptist street, it's painted back there. Acts chapter 2, verse 38 in Jesus' name. I'm done. He, this man of God's about to take this microphone and he's about to prophesy not just to this church but he's fixing to prophesy to this city and you're fixing to see some stuff come to pass because of the power that's in his mouth and the power that's in your mouth and when he gets done prophesying you're going to open up your mouth and you're going to do what Jesus did you're going to start telling your problems I win I win I win In the name of Jesus, God, right now, let the fire of Pentecost begin to fall in this building. Let it rest on every hand. Let it rest in every hand. Let it spill from this sanctuary into the street. Let it move into the neighborhoods of every saint of God. Let the fire of Pentecost begin to move into every place of employment. Let the fire of Pentecost begin to ignite every elementary school, every middle school, every high school, every college campus. Oh, I prophesy to the empty pews of this building tonight. I prophesy to the balcony of this house. You shall be filled. I prophesy over the windows of heaven that they be opened up and that a blessing be poured out in this house that there shall not be room to receive it. God, let it be a miracle that blesses the nations. Let it be a miracle that causes your name to be glorified. God, do it through your people. Do it through men and women and teenagers and young couples and young singles that are in this building. In the name of Jesus. Woo! God, let the storehouses be opened unto your people tonight. Let the storehouse be opened unto your people tonight. In the name of Jesus. God, I pray right now in this moment that a prophetic word and an utterance would begin to reverberate in the spirit of your people. In the name of Jesus. 
prophesied to the wind of the north and the winds of the south, the winds of the east, and the wind of the west, that they begin to blow a revival that cannot be contained, evangelism that cannot be counted, that cannot be enumerated. Let it break forth from this house tonight. Let it break forth from this place tonight. In the name of Jesus. In the name of I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. I don't normally do this, but I just feel like right now I want each of these men, Sister Tabitha, you come here too. I, I want them to prophesy to their department. He's made them the pastor over the department. I want you to speak what you want to see God do over the next year into your department right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I believe a fire from heaven to catch every single young person under the sound of my voice. They're gonna go into the high school, the highways and the byways, and they're gonna reach every single person that they come to. They're gonna be able to tell them about the gospel message. They're gonna come here and be baptized in the name of Jesus. And I believe that every single one of them will be filled with the Holy Ghost. God's gonna use them to teach a Bible study. The youth group will grow like never before. We're gonna see miracles, signs, wonders in the youth department. I believe it that young people are gonna step out of wheelchairs. I believe that blinded eyes are gonna be open in the name of Jesus. I believe I believe it and I decree it in the name of Jesus. Let there be a fire that catches every young person. Got to go everywhere they place their feet. That they get dominion. That they get dominion over their mind, over their spirit. That you give them power from on high. To tread upon every serpent. To tread upon. God. We're believing right now, God, uh, that this time next year, uh, there will be 500 children uh, that come to get some, God. Uh, we're believing that you're going to bring them, God. Uh, and as you bring them, Lord, uh, that you will send forth laborers, God. Uh, people with a burden, uh, people with a vision, uh, people that's willing to teach the children, God. Uh, people that's willing uh, to get on a bus route uh, and pick up kids. Uh, people that are willing, God, uh, to work in the harvest, God. Uh, your word says uh, that your son uh, and daughters uh, shall prophesy, God, uh, that these children uh, will be used in the spirit of prophecy, God, uh, that they will pray for their family, uh, that they'll pray for their mom, uh, that they'll pray for their dad, uh, that their children, uh, God, uh, their children that will pray for them, uh, that they will get healed, God, uh, healed from cancer, God, uh, let there be miracles uh, within the children of God, uh, the people that might seem little, uh, the people that might seem uh, forgotten, God, uh, Lord, uh, that you will show strong uh, in their prayers, God. Uh, Lord, I'm asking for you right now, Jesus. Uh, Lord, knowing, God, uh, that you will send forth these laborers, uh, send forth the people of God, uh, 
future. I'm believing that God uh, is going to bring forth uh, 500 kids uh, this time, uh, next year. Uh, you murking right now. Uh, I'm standing flat-footed, uh, knowing that God uh, is able to do it. Uh, and I wonder if there's people of God uh, that are going to labor. God, I pray right now that every young lady, every middle-aged lady, and every old lady, God, that they would make their calling and election sure. God, that we will put away cattiness. That we will put away every unclean thing. That is not like you, Jesus. That we will not be busybodies. That we will not be gossipers. But that we will be weepers and warriors. At the cross of Harabosaya. Children in this city interceding on behalf of the lost souls in this city that you will call your women to the seat to the foot of the cross to pray to tarry to wait for you Jesus that we will raise our children upright and before you that we will be submissive unto our husbands that we will be the helpmeet that you created us to be we will put away foolishness uh, that we will build our house uh, that we will be the proverbial woman uh, who is wise uh, who built our house on the foundation of Jesus Christ I want to say this Brother Stewart's fixing to come but Sister Tabitha while you were up here the Holy Ghost showed me God was fixing to give you a Bible study, keep you a pen and a paper close. He's fixing to give you a Bible study that's gonna help young ladies go come out of a victim mentality. These young ladies that have been abused, God's gonna give you the wisdom and the spirit to teach them, not just how to live for God successfully, but how to leave the victim of mentality. In Jesus' name, God, I thank you for opening up the doors of wisdom and an understanding right now in Jesus' name. God, in the name of Jesus, God, we take our city by dominion, Lord. God, we rebuke the undiscipline of our flesh, oh God. God, let us not let this moment pass us by. God, we have buses, Lord. God, we have vans, God, but it's not enough. God, let our parking lots be full of transportation. God, bring soldiers full of laborers into the vineyard, God. Let us be removed from laziness and slothfulness. God, let us heed the moment that we live in. God, we need 100,000 souls reached on outreach. 10,000 is not enough. 50,000 is not enough. God, let the cards be in this place. God, let there be people pack this building on Saturdays for outreach. Sunday night uh, for us to think that we're fulfilling the will of God uh, but let us roll our sleeves up uh, let us get sweaty uh, and let us get dirty uh, in the kingdom uh, of God uh, God give us 25 bus drivers uh, that we don't have to pay uh, 25 people uh, with a, a burden to win souls uh, 25 new captains uh, 25 new helpers uh, and God, give us 20 more buses uh, in this season, God. Uh, and let-
must have the discipline to fulfill the will of God in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus right now, every young person under the sound of my voice, I'm declaring a spirit of authority and a spirit to walk into your job, to walk into your school, to walk into your home with apostolic authority in your mouth, with the word of God by your side, declaring thus saith the Lord, my city shall be saved, my family shall be saved, my school shall be saved, right now in the name of Jesus, God I pray that apostolic boldness would rest on every young person right now, that they would leave this house charged by the Spirit of God to go and win this city, that they would leave this house charged by the authority that's in the Word of God to reach somebody from the pits of hell. God, right now we break the back of laziness over our young people. God, right now we break the back of low self-esteem, of depression, of poverty. In the name of Jesus, you can do it. In the name of Jesus, you can teach a Bible study. In the name of Jesus, you can win a soul. In the name of Jesus, you can reach your city. In the name of Jesus, you will be blessed. We're done, we're done, we're just gonna leave. We're leaving, we're leaving right now. You're dismissed in the fear of the Lord, but let me just tell you this. The way this has just happened, I didn't think about it until a moment ago. This was just Holy Ghost led. God had pastor come up here and then department heads. See, the anointing flows from Aaron's head all the way down. It's the way this has worked tonight. So you know what's next? You need to open up your mouth. Don't just listen to what they prayed and pray that. You need to open up your mouth and I'm challenging everybody right now to start speaking specific things. Don't, don't just pray, God, I need a blessing. You tell him what kind of blessing you want. You tell him what kind of miracle you need. Tell him, come on, open up your mouth. It's came from the bishop. It's came through the department heads. Now it's coming to you. Open up your mouth. Come on, everybody under the sound of my voice. Lift your hands, lift your voice and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, I know it's late. We're fixing to go. But if you want a miracle, you need to open up your mouth and speak it out right now, right now, right now, right now.
I'm releasing these musicians to come off this platform right now and to pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on. If you're going to do this the right way, you got to learn how to do it without music. You got to learn how to do it without anybody pushing you. Come on. 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 Don't wait on them. You speak it. You're gonna, if you're going to do it the way Elijah did it, you're going to have to do it next to a dried up brook with nothing but bread and meat from a raven. Come on, you speak it. You speak it. You speak it. 